Hello guys and welcome to the latest MSC Performance Podcast. This is episode number 15. Um, really hope you're enjoying all our uh, content so far. Um, what a week it's been. Uh, dates have been announced for reopening of the gyms on April the 12th. So we're all absolutely buzzing for that and we hope you are too. Uh, the sun's shining, temperature's getting a bit warmer. And what, a, what, what a time to be alive. Um, so in today's uh, episode, uh, as you can see, we've got a pretty, pretty much a full house. Um, so hello to all the guys. Hello. So, to, so today we've got a um, Q&A episode. Um, so the other day we put up on Instagram um, a, a Q&A, an, an opportunity for members to uh, chip in with some questions that they wanted answered. So uh, we've picked six, uh, six good questions and we're going uh, to crack on with them. So without further ado, guys, I will get started with the first question. So the first question is uh, through our Instagram from Fiji sorry, VJM Tattoo, um, who says, how do you all find the time to train and live a healthy lifestyle when you are constantly training others? I think this is a, a really interesting question because um, most people think we just train ourselves all day. Uh, it's nice that somebody's actually realized that we do a bit of work. So uh, I'm going to direct this one to, uh, to Sonia, actually. Um, so Sonia works obviously full-time at MSC and is juggling a master's in strength and conditioning at the same time. So yeah, fire, fire away, Sonia. What, how, how, do you, how do you deal with all, all of that going on? Yeah, I actually really like this question, and I think we spoke about it yesterday, that uh, we often get this from people like, well, it's, it's easy for you because you work in a gym. So, yeah, I think that this is like misunderstood, that just because you work in a gym, it doesn't make you any other to anybody else. Like, perhaps you have a bit more, of, like, a big opportunity to, to train because you're in the gym. Because I can compare... To times when I work um, outside the gym, so I know that it's not always easy to find that hour or you know to find that motivation, perhaps an energy to come in. Um, but I think if you have the determination and you know what you're training for, um, it's just it's just something so so natural to me to train. Like um, I like to compare it to like brushing your teeth, like. It's just something what's gonna be done. Um, so, you know, and that's that when I train other people, for me, it doesn't seem like something I, I have to do. Like it's something I just I just do. It, it's the lifestyle, and I think that's why we also chosen to be coaches because it's just something we do, and we want to lead people towards it. So I think if if any of us wouldn't train, we wouldn't really be doing it. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, like you've got, you know, a, I always used to moan about, you know, not enough hours in the day and I, I still do occasionally, but it's, uh, that's never going to change the amount of time you've got in a day, is it? So it's about prioritizing certain things in, in, in life. And obviously we all, you know, are very sort of career minded, I'd say, um, perhaps compared to the average person. Um, like we all know that, you know, sometimes you have full day of coaching and you're at work and then you train in the evening, like you would know the best that like he trains late night sometimes, but it's just because, <clears throat> well, you want to train so you, you'll find the time in the, in the evening or in the morning, you know, sometimes I train early in the morning, like prior I open, so 
it's just about the priorities, I would say. Yeah. So it doesn't seem something like you've got to do it um, or like I'm pushing myself into it. But like it, it, it's there. It, it's the part of the day. It, it's natural. I think... Uh, Lee, Sorry. Oh, Go on, I was going to say, going off um, from your last week, your chat with Jazz, um, talking about how it's it's um, it's not like you're missing out on an hour or two hours. It's like you've chosen um, that you're going to spend the next okay hour tra- training. Um, doesn't it's not like um, you you feel like oh I'm going to be missing out on an hour of whatever socialising or watching TV. You've made that conscious decision. Like I know why I'm training. I know. The, the long-term goal from this so that's why you just crack on and do it it's a passion it's a part of your life and, yeah yeah you know, and like, like Sonny, Sonny said it's a it's like brushing your teeth like a shark do the do the old shark bite method just get it done yeah um, also as well I'll, I'll, I'll butt in here I think something that Sonia said about actually enjoying it and how the reason why you kind of chose to be a coach is it doesn't feel like work I think for, for a lot of people if you can if you can find a kind of training, you can find a routine that you actually actively enjoy. Um, it's a lot easier to make time in the day. Like I said, I think if, if people in a normal day, not necessarily just in like in the COVID era, but in a normal day, if you know, like you've got work, you've got to fit training in, and then you've kind of got to have some time for leisure as well to switch off. You can get to the point where you have like a really good social circle or community around the gym. You can get to the point where you really enjoy your training. You're not having to give up on leisure time yeah. because it become something that you really enjoy it's like two, Where, sure. two, two birds it's one not sure, is it? yeah people taking up a sport people playing football people playing rugby that's why i think like the powerlifting community in particular comes in really really handy like um a lot we've got some great lifters at msc like we've got some people that are competing at a really high level but we've also got people that enjoy powerlifting who realistically might never want to actually compete they just enjoy the focus of it and the, and the structure of it because it's it's enjoyment in their training this is one thing I think about quite a lot. So it was a couple of years ago and I went through a stage where I used to think that oh, you've got to get the training done and then try and enjoy the rest of the day because you, know, you don't want to spend your life training. And then it kind of flipped and I was thinking, well, actually, one of the things I really enjoy doing is training. So why have I got to make that less of a priority to then go out and actually enjoy my life? And a big part of my life is actually enjoying the training. Mm-hmm. Um, so if a big aspect for me from a social perspective is meeting up with everyone and training in the gym, why do I have to make that less of a priority? Like, why do I have mm-hmm. to train at an awkward time? If I want to train it in the middle of the day and the weekend, why not? I really enjoy it. Obviously, not every single time, but if I enjoy training, why does it have to be less of a priority? Another thing I do, so Sonia said about, like, I train at, like, awkward times, but I book those times out every single week, and I don't let any... Like, if anyone asks me for a PT session that time, I, I just say I'm not available. I don't say I'm training, I'm just not available. Um, because that's my set time to train. And if I don't have a, you know, train sessions are quite long. If I don't have that set time, it's going to be really hard to get a two and a half hour session in. So I booked that session out and I have done for like five years. Uh, so if anyone asked me for a session on a Monday night at like 8 p.m., I, I, I wouldn't do it. Um, I would do it any other time, but not those nights. So I think like everyone says about choosing priorities, if you really want to train and you need to make the decision that you are going to train at this time. And if someone wants to have sessions with you or someone wants to do something else, you will pick another time in the week. And I think Max is really good at that as well. Like, I think it's really easy when you start training, when you start being a, a coach that you think, I've got to get everyone in as best as I can. I'll bend over backwards. I'll come in at fucking midnight. And you don't have to. Max is great. And he says, I'm going to do, I'm here for till late. If you want a session, you'll come in between four and eight. These are the hours because I've got a master's to do. I've got my answers to do as well. And people come in. 
Um, and it's surprising how much people all of a sudden are a little bit more flexible as soon as you give them slightly less of a, a window to work in. But I think we've all been guilty of trying to give everyone every single time. And then as soon as you start to condense it down, all of a sudden people become a bit more flexible themselves. Mm. Yeah. I like that I talk about block it, blocking out your day. It's like this, yeah. two hours, this two hours I'm doing this, this two hours I'm doing this. I'm going to eat for an hour and then or two and then, yeah. uh, you know, blocking out. It's good. Like Fantastic, it. yeah. Um, so moving on to, uh, to the next question then. Um, and this is from uh, Mark, Marco Kloss uh, on Instagram. What do you big think Marco. are... Big Marco. What do you think are the most common misconceptions about programming slash training? So Max, do you want to jump in on this one? It depends who you're talking to, but for, for, for general... General population and general health, like just people that want to be in better shape and live longer and, and just generally be fit. People kind of, people make this big assumption that like training is a huge investment of time and that if you want to get into, you know, if you want to lose a bit of weight or you want to become healthier, you've got to train like Luke, like Luke was saying, like two and a half hour sessions, like four or five sessions a week. Like it, it, I know not every session is two and a half hours. People assume that it's like people assume that it's an everyday investment of two hours plus, um, and it's just not the case. Like, um, especially if you're a complete beginner, like two one-hour sessions a week can get you a long way. If you can do three sessions a week, great. If you can do four sessions a week, great, even better. Um, but I think all of us here on this call have probably had clients who are brand new to training and have done fantastically well coming in twice a week, um, and and then. And that's, that's the biggest thing where I think the amount of time it actually takes and the amount of time you actually have to commit. There's still like a, there's definitely still a, a dose response where like if you can train more, you'll probably do better, granted. But um, yeah, for those and for those results for the first year of your training, it's really not a massive investment. It's actually embarrassingly easy at times if you're just really consistent with it. Um, like, yeah, it goes back to the what we've talked about on previous podcasts, Max, with you know consistency. You know, finding a finding a program mm-hmm. that's enjoyable, finding a way of training that's enjoyable uh, and therefore sustainable, and then we can build mm-hmm. the consistency from there and get the get the results. Like you say, whether it's a couple times a week or you know or, or whatever, really, that's much better than mm-hmm. going in smashing you know four four weeks as hard as you can and then not training again. You know, you see people, yeah struggling down the you know canal looking like they're about to die you're thinking hang on a minute pal you're not going to walk for five days after this <laughs> um so yeah <laughs> but then but then also from a programming perspective um like i've been thinking about this quite a lot recently in terms of just the, the use of intensity as well like um I, I think for most people if you're not going to be a powerlifter, if you're not going to be a weightlifter, if you're not going to play competitive sports or whatnot it's very rare that people actually need to lift heavy like it's not to say you don't need to work hard i mean um but for a lot of people the kind of adaptations that they want and especially when you need to train it like you don't need to lift anything heavier than like a six rep max or an eight rep max like you can still work hard doing sets of eight and sets of 12 you can still push close to failure if you want um, well the less the less trained you are you the easier need... it is to create a stimulus isn't yeah, it so exactly like the the risk reward is just not there as well like if you're new to training there's just no reason to go and do one rep max and three rep maxes unless you're testing um even even if you are super now. advanced like there's loads of research coming out now about like relative like reps and not having to go within like a six to seven rpe so you should be training pretty much exclusively between like five to 
maybe seven or eight RPE, the majority of your training. And then you look at beginners that are like absolutely grinding out reps that have been training for like three three months. And you're like, dude, what are you yeah. doing, man? Like, I think that's you don't stem, need to be... that could stem from though, like that's all they see potentially online is yeah 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 yeah. the highlight reel yeah they don't see the 95 percent of the other training we're just doing the you know the boring well not boring but you know yeah the meat potatoes i think um go on mark sorry i was just saying yeah it can be you know it's a bit boring to watch online someone doing you know three sets of five at (laughs) uh, five rpe isn't it so i guess it's not not rock and roll and that's not what people see online i think one um thing is potentially you know ever heard the phrase paralysis by analysis so like you're just trying to think of trying to do everything the best possible way like and then you end up doing nothing or you end up just jumping from modality to modality and you end up you know not making any progress because you think you're potentially thinking too much about your training if that makes sense for sure for sure can relate to that from a business point of view as well the point I was going to make that's kind of relative to that. Mine was that thinking that if someone wants to go in, it's like, I want to get stronger. I want to get fast, not being able to do anything else because it's going to be, it's going to interfere with my gains. And that kind of links back into to what you've said. So if someone wants to get strong, they want to like, they'll do zero cardio. They'll try not to do anything on the weekends that could be remotely taxing. And actually the reality is, is that like the, the interference effect just doesn't exist to, to the extent that people say, obviously if you're going to go marathon training alongside your strength training, it's going to have an interference. But doing a walk on the weekend or, or doing a little bit of sport at like a low level is not yeah. going to interfere with your training. And you see like the guys that are the best in the world at stuff, they all have a life as well. They all like doing other stuff. They don't just want to sweat the small stuff like you just said, Ben. And yeah, like analyzing everything and making sure everything's 100%. When actually in reality, it doesn't have to be. Like you can do other stuff as well. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay, I think we'll round, up, round that question up there and uh, move on to the next one. So uh, this is from uh, one, of my, uh, one of my PT clients, uh, Rowan May, who uh, asks, which sport do you think has the hardest training regime? And Rowan's a pole vaulter, so I'm going to say that pole vaulting is, my, <laughs> is not the answer, Rowan, but it's... it's <laughs> <laughs> in, fair, in fairness in fairness those guys train very hard a lot of track work a lot of uh, gym work a lot of gymnastic stuff it's uh, it's pretty crazy what do you what do you guys think that's a really interesting question no, nothing for me personally i you know i did have a sneaky look at these questions yesterday enough nothing actually popped into my mind and i thought I, it would i thought it would but it's um it could be a bit tricky ben what do you, what do you i think i think when i first saw this first thing that popped into my mind was like uh an ultra marathoner just spending hours on your own grinding out miles just in your own head. I think that could potentially be like really, really tough. Um, that's perfect for you, isn't it? You love that. You're going to say that's your, that's your weekends. <laughs> nah, but um, let me run in the garden for the day. <laughs> that's, just, that's the first thing that jumped into my head. But um, I think, you know, when people think of like um, some sports that are like, let's say a hundred meter sprint, that's over in what, 10, 15 seconds. Um, people don't see, you know, the hours and hours of other work that goes into that, those 10, 15 seconds. So it's very hard to, you know, measure what is, what, what are you, what are you basing hard as? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So what's going to happen now is I'm, I'm going to say powerlifting. Max, <sighs> so Mark's going to say rugby. Sonia's going to say weightlifting. And mm. Ben said also half and running. 
Oh, so, yeah. So, no bias okay, at all. So, uh, I could tell you're an ultra endurance athlete, Ben, when you're yeah. talking about 15 seconds for the 100. I mean, you know. <laughs> 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 The, the first two sports I thought about, I think that anything where it, 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 it requires you to train more than one quality. So like if it's just about maximal speed, I'm not saying it's easy, but it's, it's, it's fairly simple. I think it becomes a lot more complicated and a lot harder when you have to train multiple qualities. So I think like training for rugby, especially like in season or, or a sport like to that respect is hard. The one I actually thought about was CrossFit is probably like at the top level is probably the hardest one uh, to train for because you have to have a ridiculous engine. And the actual strength levels are, are, are good, man. So I think like training for both of those is, is super difficult. Well, the training for one quality is fairly simple when you're having to balance multiple qualities. You've got all this, tough, like, the, man. the tactical element as well, like in a team sport. Tactics, be, yeah. gymnastics. You have to be, yeah, you have to be a high level engine. You have to have good weightlifting. Mm. I, I think CrossFit. It's hard if to it's argue a sport, against that. Yeah, it's, that, that did pop into my head yesterday and I didn't want to necessarily go with it but yeah at the, uh, the top we're talking about the top, the credit. yeah <laughs> you know but if we're talking about yeah the top competitive level I mean Jesus Christ like it I mean it's like the aerobic demand like people don't yeah. think about CrossFit in aerobic it's so aerobic it's ridiculous but then to still be able to snatch good weight mm. to be able to do the gymnastics work to be able to swim to be able to fight a bear you know, whatever, whatever comes into the, the wad, um, you know, or the open is like pretty, like, yes, yeah, it's, it's impressive. It's impressive. Uh, mid, mid, like sort of sprint to mid distance track events came into my head, like 400, 400 hurdles. I think like as an event, like it's so lactate, like it's just hot. And even times guys are clocking for 800 these days is like, not even aerobic like it's just pure like maximal like lactate threshold work and i just think that would be a solid sport to train for like they got you know i mean miro was actually talking about yesterday like you know and does it does a lot of work on the track and he's doing you know seeing the group up there they're doing the, the hills in the morning and they're doing you know track work they've got to be you know quick over short distances they've got to have the lactate you know threshold work they've got to have the aerobic capacity to manage the total amount of volume they're doing they've got the technical aspect of the stride length and the hurdles and stuff so like 400 hurdles for me like is a bit of a left field choice but one that mm. i would consider putting in the mix I'd, I'd i'd have to go almost down the complete the same kind of the same kind of rationale as luke's talking about crossfit training because there's so many multiple so many different qualities involved um but mixed martial arts, mm. MMA, yeah, like you've got the, the same thing in that like it's it's really really wide range in physical qualities. But then you've also got something like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, which is probably one of if not the most technical sport you can possibly do. Um, and then the actual like physical threat of actually getting punched and kicked in the head as well. Do you do a bit of like, uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu DMX? Or? I'll do it. I've done a little bit of it. <laughs> Doubles. Uh, the, 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 the smallest amount possible. But like, but again, it's, it's, it's the different fitness quality, the different physical qualities of CrossFit. Yeah. With, with more of a technical component than, than any sport I can think of. And you've got like more in the way of like, not necessarily the actual competition that can really, really break you and damage you. But actually like the, the technical training in all elements is, is, is very, very physically draining, damaging and the injury risk is huge. So, um, 
just in, in all elements, it's just turbocharged. It's, it's, it's 10 out of 10. Yeah. You've got, you, you got your skills, you know, to not only have you got your gym work and whatnot, you've got, you know, your skill work and it's not one sport you're training for, essentially, is it? It's a load mm-hmm. of other different sports. Yeah. But for normal, normal people, you can take 15 years to become a black belt in jiu-jitsu and some people will never become, never get to that level. Whereas if you then get to the highest level, you've got guys that are professional standard boxers, guys that are ex-Olympic wrestlers, guys that are black belt in jiu-jitsu. And it's like doing any one of these in isolation would be an incredible achievement. I mean, you combine it a lot. Um, it's brutal. What you're forgetting though, Max, is that in the 2021 CrossFit Games, there's actually a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu event. So, yeah, trumps it. <laughs> there we go. Bring them together. Yeah. What about, sport. what about Sonia? What are you, what are you saying? Um, I really like that little about that, that bit about like how like multi, multi-elemental it is. Uh, but I think in fairness that anything you do as a full-time athlete like on the elite level is really high demanding like no matter what it is but like the minute you switch your lifestyle to being it as a full-time job and you have to train those hours a week I think that's 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 demanding enough like you you sacrifice all the time for it the recovery the nutrition yeah so I think like in terms of that that's demanding, but I probably agree with 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 Logan Marsh, like uh, Marsh, Nick Marsh, because obviously, or like boxing, like come on, you like you get beaten and you beat other people. So I think that's quite tough. But well, I don't yeah. know if I would consider CrossFit as one of those, but probably yeah, because you gotta you gotta have all the elements. Um, I would definitely not say golf, probably, or you know. <laughs> well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what, golf, golf might be one of the hardest skill-wise, for sure. Mm. Yeah, but like, let's say... If you but know, I, think like, Ro, I think Rowan yeah. is referring more to, yeah, physically demanding. But. Like, you know, if you think of, a, of, of like, powerlifting or weightlifting, like, it's, it's a lot of heavyweight, same like strongman. Like, that, that, that's super heavy. Like, it must be demanding and tough. But then make my arms and stuff in, in a bit different way so it, it's really hard to say but I would yeah, yeah I don't know I would still say it, it could be weightlifting the full time weightlifter has to take a lot on like in terms of lifting weight on week ba- weekly basis for sure I'll, 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 I'll build on what Sonia said there and saying like any, any time you go to the elite level of performance or you go full time any sport like elite performance performance means by definition you're going to be very fit but also by definition it's just not healthy elite performance on any on any level it's not healthy it's not what the human body is meant to do it's not mentally what how people are meant to behave yeah yeah it's uh it's a it's a tough one to answer i'll be i'll be a rugby noise as well luke mentioned it but just throw that in the in, in the mix at the uh at the top level like you know the if you look at like the aerobic side of things and the testing, like some of the scores these guys knock out in your Broncos yeah. and like stuff, they are at, especially like back row players who are like, you know, 110, 115 kegs, you know, perhaps at the top level, an absolute, you know, forget the strength and power element for a second, like just the aerobic capacity of these guys, like the speed, the speed off the mark, the power, the 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 grappling 
slash wrestling type strength and the tackle and the, the ruck and the maul and stuff. Um, and it, it, in terms of multi, like multi elements, there's prob- probably not too many uh, sports like it. I always get que- asked the question like rugby or American football, and it's like, well, American football is so specific. Like you can make a whole career of millions of pounds out of never touching the ball and being a like, you know, um, but, you know, at the same time, if you look at, if you're asking for the best vertical jump or the best bench press or the best, you know, power clean or the best 40 yard dash or whatever, it's always going to be an American footballer. Like, is it like mm. the, your running backs always going to have the better, you know, your top running yeah. backs always going to have the better vertical jump than, you know, your top winger in rugby maybe Johnny May aside, but, you know, your, um, your, your, your linebacker is going to be that bit stronger, a bit more powerful than your back rower in rugby. But the back yeah. rower of rugby can get around the park for 80 minutes, whereas the average play in, in the NFL is four seconds. Um, so, like, NFL is a fascinating sport from an S&C point of view because you can just go all in on, like, a very micro, like, element. Um, and focus on like one, not one skill, but you know what I mean, like one skill and a, a couple of physical, physiological elements. Whereas something like rugby, something like CrossFit, something like MMA requires a broader st- spectrum. So it's really hard to, 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 I'm going off on a bit of a tangent here and going into more who, who are the better athletes, which isn't really what Rowan was asking, but I just think that's worth worth mentioning that it's so hard to say well, is, a, is an American footballer a better athlete than you know a, a rugby player or you know whatever it's, it's really hard to answer and so as, as is, exactly and as is you know as, as is the question there so I don't know if we're going to if we've come up with one answer there we've got CrossFit we've got MMA um, you know I'm, I'm going to sort of back my decision of like mid-distance <laughs> like events and lactate-based events like rowing as well could be in there. Like I was, I was gonna, I was rowing. gonna throw rowing. Oh Jesus! Like absolute nauses out in the water at four or five in the morning. Like doing a strength set. Like absolute aerobic monsters and big and strong as well. Yeah. I don't, I don't know whether it's com- completely hundred percent necessary, but like in rowing, I know just the normal the normal practice and the accepted practice is like 10, 12 plus sessions a week, whether it's completely necessary. I I just don't know. Like I haven't a huge amount of roads on the time, but like, but yeah, just, just the normal practice is is double days. It's like, um, like swimming as well. Like that's, that's tough. You know, like talk about early morning sessions and stuff and just, just being in water as well. It's, you know, it takes its toll. Um, so yeah. Open water swimming, that could be in there as well. Open water endurance we could, swimming. Uh, See how wrinkly your fingers must get. Oh, can you imagine? All we could we could we could go on all day. We could go on all day with this, but I think we'll uh, we'll sort of wrap that up there. But that's a really that's also, a that's a fascinating question. One that I just yeah. think you can never answer sports as hard as you as hard, as hard as you can make it. As hard as you as hard as you want to make it. That's what it is. Well, what you know we'll, we'll leave it there i think that's a perfect mm. perfect way to round that question up um we've got a uh, question from uh, one of our members yasmin um on her instagram beach body bready um hi great question great question this uh high intensity versus steady state cardio benefits slash differences is one better uh 
I could pick any of you for this. Max Harmon. Uh, it depends. I've been thinking about this recently. So, like, so if, if you're if you're looking at, at sporting performance, like there's there's definitely certain ways you want to train, like low and slow, like blue zone, green zone, like really easy aerobic capacity, because because it's the most trainable. Um, it's the most trainable energy system and it's got the least cost associated with it. So if you, if you want to have big, heavy like rugby training sessions, if you want to have big, heavy strength and power sessions on your off days, trying to do like hard intervals, is going to ruin the rest of the week for you. Whereas like doing 45 minutes of really easy, steady state aerobic capacity work, it develops the fitness quality very, very effectively. That is very, that is very important. And there's no real massive fatigue associated with it for the rest of the week or the following day. So you can get your high sessions in around that. You can focus on your, whether you're powerlifting, whether you're a rugby, a rugby player, whether you're sprinting, et cetera, et cetera. So that, that, that's a big utility of like of low level aerobic work. Where I think intervals come in again, like if you're looking at sports performance, if you're a field sports athlete, um, a lot of the years, interval training is very different to how people think it should be like it's it's actually much shorter intervals of much more rests so instead of doing like 30 on 30 off 45 on 45 off 10 seconds on and a minute and a half off is probably more appropriate for, for something like rugby where it's not about burst to bursts for 45 seconds it's about who can be the most powerful and the most explosive but the most important and crucial times in the game so it's 10 second burst but who's the most explosive over the course of 10 seconds and who can repeat that over an hour um, but then this, this is something I would think about recently there's probably if you want to just lose body fat if you do 20 reps of 10 seconds at a time you're just not doing anywhere near enough work to burn an appreciable amount of calories so if you want to if you're talking about body composition then steady state is probably good but at the same time it takes up a hell of a long time whereas something like the I don't know, four minutes on, two minutes off intervals where you can work very hard, but you can still go for quite a long period of time. Or like 45 seconds on, 30 seconds off, so it's like negative rest. You can work very hard, burn a large amount of calories uh, in a shortish space of time. Um, you can maintain that for as long as you want. You can do an hour-long session doing that if needs be. And you can probably back that up day after day. So if you're looking for a big calorie swing, big calorie expenditure, long, moderate to long intervals like that, whereas if you're looking at sports performance, steady state, and really short intervals. Yeah, absolutely. I think, like, yeah, you you know, your steady state, your steady state work is is what I always call sort of, you know, it's it's cheap. You know, it doesn't co- doesn't cost a lot. You know, um, we were speaking earlier about you know competing at a high level, but you know, still being able to go out for for walks at the weekend, still being able to do you know things outside, and you know, and. Your steady, your steady state work is is cheap. It doesn't cost a lot to to recover. It's not damaging neurally. Um, so you know it's a really easy thing to slot in. Um, like I say, if you're sticking at your your blue and your green zones, and you know, if the people who aren't aware, like we were talking about, sort of you know low mod, moderate heart rates basically for extended periods of time, um, and it's it's a good way of building an aerobic base without the cost of you know, getting absolutely, uh, absolutely battered from it. Um, and yeah, in terms of your high intensity, I like the point about, you know, you, you can vary high intensity, can't you? You know, I mean, mm. we can, we can talk about like 10 seconds on and a minute off, 
you know, or a minute and a half, but half being very high intensity. If you look at field sports, it's very aerobic and a lactate, you know, uh, base is not, you know, that middle ground of like maximal lactate work is actually, um, it's not non-existent certainly because I can speak from experience there's certainly times where mm. you, you are, you are entering those energy systems, but, um, mainly that's 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 what you're looking at but yeah like benefit benefits to both um luke i don't know if you want to as a as a conditioning expert with your powerlifting if you want to jump in well i did that bike didn't i recently i had to test this all bike to see it was fixed yeah. i think so what max is coming from a perspective of if you've got high days don't add other high days onto them because something has to give way if you had no high days though, then I would probably lean towards doing like some higher intensity intervals. Um, if that was exclusively what you were doing, then potentially adding your high days from the intervals would probably be a good idea because then you might also get the the benefits of like you know, additional speed training, additional power training. Um, so if you were doing nothing else and you exclusively just wanted to do the conditioning session and you thought, should I just come in and do aerobic work or should I do high intensity? The answer would probably still be both. But I think like, you want to keep your high days high and your low days low is what Max was saying, which is great. If you have no high days, then you can make your intervals your high days and then you can do like your, your A-lactate work. You could potentially do some like anaerobic work in there um, if you enjoy doing it. Um, so I think if you don't have a high day, then potentially adding some intervals in there, you could get a bit of a benefit from doing some more power work compared to just doing your steady, steady cardio. If you are a powerlifter or a weightlifter and your day's already high, similar to training for like rugby, and you want to keep your conditioning fairly, fairly low stress. So then aerobic would be the, the answer. Fantastic. Anything else to add? Okay, let, let's, simpl- let's simplify this for a second, actually. Um, let's simplify this for the, the average person. And I mean, context is everything. And like this, this might be difficult mm-hmm. to answer. But, you know, you've got, got someone who's, you know, beginner to intermediate and, you know, they want to lose, lose a bit of weight, for example. Are you recommending more of your sort of, you know, your hit hit sessions, your metconny type stuff, or your aerobic work? You said that it doesn't cost it doesn't cost much, like in terms of the neural demand. I think that it's it's time consuming. Like I think yeah. if you if you have certain level of strength. I think you might benefit a bit more if you don't have the time or if you don't want to give the time for a more intense sessions because you can keep them shorter and you can get a lot of work done in terms of the calories. Uh, if that's, for example, but like if you, if you like and enjoy training and you want to spend in the gym hour or hour and a half or, you know, four hours a week, do it. But I think that depends if you actually enjoy it or not. And I think that some like people from general thought don't enjoy exercise that much, so maybe they would prefer to have it done a bit faster and spend as little time as possible. So I think that you need certain level of strength and fitness to be able to hit the high intensity session the way it should be to get the outcome. Because you might think you work hard if it's hit session, but maybe not. You know, like we, we all know that like if you say work hard for 15 seconds, you should give your best and have the sufficient time to recover. But if you have a beginner and give him a high intensity session, and he's gonna do like not much at all during those 15 seconds, he's not gonna get the same as let's say Ben would Ben would do if he works at the same time. If that makes sense. Like 
I just wanted to say the point about time that like doing aerobic work may be a bit more time consuming. For sure. And again, it's finding what you enjoy as well comes into it. And it's what you're going to um, do, what you're going to, what you're going to do consistently as well and stick to. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. for me personally, I much prefer a high, a bit more of a high intensity session than, uh, yeah. than a long, long sort of uh, steady state. Um, okay. Not, yeah. I'm going to stick on this question one for one more point, actually. What, where, where do, um, where do PTs and celebrity PTs and stuff, where, you know, where do they go wrong with, when they're talking about high, one of my biggest bugbears is like people saying, oh, we're doing this hit workout. And it's, it's actually not hit. It's like as steady as you could possibly be. Is that it? It's, it's exactly that. It's, it's, it's doing steady state, but breaking it into intervals, but actually you could probably sustain that effort for a whole, I don't know, 30 minutes. You could do yeah. the fucking step up, step down or whatever it is yeah. um, for 30 minutes, but you break it up into intervals and all of a sudden you think that's a fantastic modality and it's different. Um, but it sells. So I think it's just the intensity of being what they're trying to sell doesn't match what they're actually trying to do. Sound sounds sexy, you know, we're doing a hip workout and we're, you know, jumping around. It's not the insanity. It's, it's, the, it's actually just pure aerobic work. Um yeah. and the insanity ones where it said um it said intervals and it's uh, instead of doing short periods of high intensity and long rest, we flipped it on its head and now it's it's long periods of high intensity and short amounts of rest. It's like that's just aerobic training, man. Like, but, but people are like, "Fuck! Why have I not? Why have I not been doing this? Why have, why have I been, I been doing it for long?" Seconds? Yeah, 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 yeah. Twenty yeah. seconds. Yeah, yeah. That was a nightmare. I found like running any sort of like a high intensity stuff that, after that. Yeah, that goes back to insanity and be like, be like, oh, yeah, but you know, oh, what you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna work for longer. It's like yeah. you're kind of missing the point here. It's a it's a complete misunderstanding of the words intensity and difficulty sure it makes them it feel you can make them it feel very difficult if you say right work as hard as you can for 15 minutes it might get difficult but by virtue of actually going 15 minutes it's not intense yeah yeah, no yeah. yeah. outputs yes yeah, so people think oh my god this is really hard it must be really good or it must be really intense you're nowhere near high end yeah yeah, yeah. For sure. Uh, so yeah, just rounding up the, um, the high intensity versus steady state because we've discussed a lot of different things, but we probably didn't nip it in the bud. So um, does someone want to jump in there and just kind of finalise and conclude that question? I, I, I would say it's, it's entirely context and goal dependent. I think for most people, we can probably all agree that some level of like low end aerobic work is just very good for health and performance. But then depending on your performance goals or your time constraints, you then want either something that's actually genuinely high output, hard intervals or longer intervals where you're looking at burning more calories. So always keep your, your aerobic work in there no matter what your goals and then depending on whether it's performance or body composition focus, you, you adjust your volume and adjust your intervals on top of that as, as needed. Say no more. Hopefully uh, that's answered your question, Yasmin. Um, cool. So moving on, last couple of questions. Uh, this is from uh, Big Lee uh, from uh, MSC, one of our one of our awesome members. What are your thoughts on adapting to your? Uh, sorry, what are your thoughts on adapting your training around lockdown? Best practices. We've we spoke about this quite a bit, but uh, over various podcasts. But um, Ben, how Ben, how have you sort of found? I think. Um... How you've adapted your training? Maybe sort of like taking it, take inventory, take stock of what you actually, what equipment you've got, um, 
<clears throat> and just think right okay for the next let's say let's say from now until we reopen for, right for the next six weeks what can i do with the equipment and um things that i've got and not get annoyed at the fact that i can't do potentially what i want to do um and also you might have to readjust your goals so let's say you know you you were um really enjoying your powerlifting and you think you know the whole goal was to lift more and more weight potentially or with better with better form um just readjust your goals and readjust uh oh hang on uh yeah just um readjust what what you've got access to and try not to get frustrated by it um yeah and and setting smaller goals or adjusting goals What, what about you, Luke? We spoke we spoke on a couple of podcasts about like actually trying to like optimize your training progress is, is quite difficult. But in terms of like maintaining your training is a lot easier. We talked about like cutting the volume down to like an eighth or a third and actually being like an, an okay way to maintain what you've done. So we, we spoke about like being realistic. If, if your goal is maximal strength, it's, it's not the time that you're going to be building strength, no matter how good your modalities are at home. But trying to just maintain what you can do. And in terms of like maintaining your muscle tissue, um, yeah, just shifting your focus from trying to optimize things to just trying to maintain them and being realistic with like your outcomes from it. So yeah, I still try to aim as get as, as much volume, but like the realistic amount of like optimal volume or, or what's going to have a, an effect on what you're trying to build towards. Um, is, is going to be a lot less than it has been in a gym. So I just think being realistic with your outcomes that you're trying to maintain what you've done in the gym versus trying to make like progress in terms of a strength level. And then also maybe shifting your focus to, uh, to other aspects of fitness and so maybe use it as a time to build up your aerobic pace, use it as a good chance to, to try and make yourself as, as injury free and resilient to, to future training programs as you can. So I think shifting the focus to what you can do and then just trying to maintain what's important to you as best as you can with, like, with what you've got. Yeah, for sure. If you're a complete, you know, if you're a beginner and you're seeing this as an opportunity to, to, to get into some training, then yeah, like you probably can get some strength benefits from, using very minimal equipment but yeah as you say Luke like for a more advanced athlete that's just not a you know a, yeah. a, a band or a you know a body weight work just isn't you know isn't necessarily gonna progress you but as we as we've said and we've gone we've gone through various different bits of research to to show that actually you can maintain a good level of strength with with some fairly you know with some fairly minimal to moderate stimulus but as you say shifting the focus i like that because that's a you know i think there'll be a lot of power lifters out there a lot of weightlifters, a lot of rugby players that you know could have used this opportunity to say right okay well you know i'm already pretty strong i'm well skilled in what i do but uh, you know i'm probably not aerobically as good as it could be my work capacity is not great you know um my, my body composition like my body fat you know i can get out and walk a lot more i can do some steady state aerobic i can do some high intensity you know uh, stuff outside uh i can get my nutrition uh, spot on uh etc etc so i think like life's gonna throw these curveballs at you nobody nobody saw this one coming but um you know sometimes like ben said you gotta you know just pause for a second just analyze the the situation and uh, be be able to adapt. So 
Moving, moving on to the last question, um, is the independent use of bands sufficient enough to trigger adaptations for strength? So this kind of rolls on a little bit from what we've just been saying. Um, Lee also goes on to say, context. Since lockdown became a regular thing, the sale of bands and specific programming has skyrocketed. Accommodating resistance is a common term when adding bands to loads, but is there an increase to strength with bands alone? I'll open this up to the floor as it's the last question. Anyone, anyone can jump in on this one. So from a, a strength perspective, we know that you need the intensity to drive the adaptation. So you need to be working above, let's say, 70% to build strength of your max. With a band, you're not going to be able to do that. So from a strength perspective, a, a resistance band is going to offer very little um, for strength gain. From a muscle building high, uh, perspective, we know that low load versus high load training, as long as you're kind of equating for um, like repetitions that are fairly hard, you can actually build as much muscle with low load as high load. With resistance bands, then you can probably maintain or actually even build uh, muscle mass. But the training you would have to do would be incredibly, it would be tough. Like having to take a set to like, let's say you're doing press-ups with a band around your back, you're having to do to get effective repetitions. So let's let's say get within that like four RP plus marks, so you're within five, sorry, six to five repetitions from failure. Doing bodyweight press-ups for a lot of people are going to have to do a lot of reps to actually then get effective reps that are going to build muscle. So from a band perspective, you can match the amount of work that you've done with a barbell. You can get effective repetitions, and I think you can build or at least maintain your muscle mass but from a strength perspective you've just not got the intensity there that's needed to to build or maintain strength so i think if you aim through lockdown was to maintain your strength because stuff like positional isometrics where you're trying to maximally pull against the towel or or push a wall for your bench press etc will probably be better for your strength because you're getting the absolute intensity up but you haven't got the intensity for the bands to maintain your strength but you can get your effective reps in which will be good for hypertrophy so perhaps putting into into low days, doing yeah. your banded doing your banded work for time and attention, on your sort of you know a lot alongside some steady state aerobic, and on your higher days you might go out and do a bit of high intensity conditioning and do your isometric work. That might work yeah. quite well. Exactly. The, the thing with the bands is that if you want to like like it, it is super uncomfortable to take like everything. Oh, low low training is fantastic, but let's say like you want to build your quads, but you've got an injury, um, so you're doing like low load stuff that you can tolerate a little bit more. Doing like, I don't know, like a, a squat at 40% of your max or 30% for like 30, 40 reps is super uncomfortable, man. Like it's really, really difficult. I'd much prefer to do just normal sets, like traditional, like let's say 15 reps max. I'm a powerlifter, obviously, I would say that. Um, but like from a hypertrophy hope, hope perspective, to get those effective repetitions, you have to take things closer to failure and it becomes super uncomfortable, especially if you've only got a light band. So like doing like a one-arm roll with a, a band versus a, a, a seated roll or a, a one-arm roll with a dumbbell. You might have to do like 30, 40 reps to get that close to failure to actually have the stimulus. So I think that's one thing that people miss the mark of. They get the bands to try and swap out what they've been doing with the barbell and they try and match the reps. They say, oh, let's do a set of 12 with the bands. And actually none of them are effective for what they're trying to get to. You need to start hitting your 20s, 30s, 40s, you know, to, you just to, need to make, get close to, to failure. Make up yeah. for the, to make up for the load. Yeah. For the lack of for yeah. the lack of load. I think in terms of sales, it's um you know, it, like it, it it makes sense. It makes sense. You know, we're in this period where we can't use gyms and we've got to train from home and like selling bands and buying buying bands does make sense. 
you know, not not everybody's got the room or the budget or, you know, whatever to to buy a squat rack, to buy a, you know, yeah. a barbell, to buy a load of plates, um, you know, and I think, you know, I think, a ba- you know, you can buy a band, I don't know how much bands are, but like a fiver for a band or a tenner for a band, like is actually, like it actually makes a lot of sense in in the period that we've we've had. Um, so I think in terms of sales, that's why you've seen, you know, you've seen the sales of them, the, 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 you know, going up and, you know, I mean, there's, there does seem to be a lot of different people selling them and I don't, I don't know how many variations of bands you can get, but, fair, you know, fair play to them, you know, got to, got to make some cash. But um, I think in terms of buying bands, like it's completely made, made sense during this period to, uh, to, to do that. You know, I think if you were low budget and limited on equipment, like, you know, you're looking at body weight, you're looking at bands and, you know, if you if you have got a bit of bit of, bit of cash, you know, I, I've, I I always say, you know, lockdown or not, you know, kettlebell is a wonderful tool. I think that you can get a lot of use out, and uh, especially it's very versatile and also um, minimal minimal floor space uh, required. Obviously, it comes down to like taking stock of what you've got and, like you say, what you can afford, and you know, you know, you don't want to fork out hundreds of pounds for like a, a cross trainer or something when you know you're not going to use that. If you can spend like what you say a tenner on a band, don't take any any time to sell up or get out. It's just there, you know. You're going to use it consistently. Then crack on. Then happy day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's you know, in a period where it's like you can't it can't be overly fussy. It's just like get you know anything that can provide a bit of a stimulus like that is probably, uh, it's, you know, if you bought a band for ten pounds, you know, twelve months ago, you've probably you know safe to say you've you you know you've probably got your money's worth there. So. Um, Watch out for MSC bands coming out coming out soon. That'd be a hell of a hell of an advert, wouldn't it? With us doing uh, some clamshells, few, few, few clamshells and, and booty skills. Um, we should, so, we should uh, release them in seven weeks when gyms reopen. Yeah. <laughs> Get them ready to like, go. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we can we can do hip hip workouts with uh, with band with bands. Um, fantastic. I mean that that rounds uh, rounds off our. Um, our questions guys for t- today thank you very much for um, sending those in uh, we'll be looking at doing plenty of more of these I like them because rather than us coming up with a topic to talk about which obviously we can do it's really great to hear what what you guys want to you know want to hear from us and want you know want us to answer um, and it's really cool that we can we can sort of do that through the through the podcast so I really hope you've all all enjoyed it um, and thank you to the team for, for for jumping in and uh giving some great insight there um so yeah we'll round we'll round up there guys thank you very much for listening um msc will be reopening all things being well unless boris throws a curveball uh we'll be uh, opening on the 12th of april so watch out for latest news and uh the build-up towards that it's going to be really really exciting in the meantime we'll plug away our podcasts and our blogs um, they can all be found through our social media channels and our website as well, msceperformance.co.uk uh, forward slash uh, blog. Uh, if you click through there, you can find all our blogs, our podcasts on uh, Spotify as well as YouTube. So thanks very much for tuning in, guys, and we will catch you next time. Cheers. Thanks, Mark.